Do I have your attention? Good. Who wants to talk car audio today? So here's the deal. Uh, want to take some time today. Kind of a little bit different than you're used to seeing on this channel. But if you like this or any of the other stuff that I do on the channel, hit the subscribe button if you don't mind. Um, give it a thumbs up. You know, all that good stuff. Um, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, hey, follow along. Um, so, let's talk car audio today. Um, before we do that, I'm sure a lot of you are wondering, what the hell does this guy know about car audio? So, just to give you a general idea of where my background is, in the 90s, I went to school for electronics. I also went to Mobile Dynamics when it was an on-site uh, school up in Richmond Hill, Ontario, Canada, uh, way back in 1995. Uh, I have competed in SPL competitions back in the mid-90s. Um, had four JL Audio 12s, Soundstream. It was either a Reference 500 or Class A 6.0. I don't remember. It got stolen, so... There's that. Um, so I've definitely got a little bit of a background when it comes to car audio stuff. And in the last couple of years, I decided that I was going to start getting back into it. I know, seems strange for a guy, um, I guess you could say my age. But, you know, I come from a day and age where we love our car audio and and things like that. But the problem that I've seen is a lot of... BS on the internet, whether it's on YouTube, and there's a lot of good content creators as far as car audio on YouTube, but here's the problem. Nobody talks about what you should do when you're planning a car audio system. Well, what do you mean planning a car audio system? Don't I just go to the shop and get what they tell me to get? That seems to be the logic, if you will, that or everybody goes on social media and goes, well, what should I buy? And everybody's going to have their personal preference. It's kind of like asking, what kind of muscle car should I buy? Or what kind of this or that should I buy? And you've got 50 different freaking options and you can never get a straight answer because you in your own mind don't even know what the hell you want. So we're going to talk about how to plan this out. If you are new to car audio, or just getting back into it, like I am, you're going to kind of be inundated with a ridiculous amount of options as far as what you can do in car audio. Now, a lot of this is going to depend on what kind of vehicle you have, whether it's newer or older. I prefer older vehicles. I think the newest vehicle I have is a 2013. So, Needless to say, I'm not rolling around in a 2022 where you've got a lot of a lot of specialty things that you have to take into consideration when you're doing a car audio system. With that in mind, the first thing that you should do whenever you're going to build a car audio system, and I don't care if you're doing it yourself or if you're going to have your shop do it, local shop, whatever it is, do your research. Also, when I say do your research, do some inward reflection. What kind of music do you listen to? 
Are you looking for something that is just going to be as loud as possible and you just want to impress your friends and you want to be cool and have YouTube videos where people's hair is just going all over the place and you don't really care nearly as much about how it, the quality of the sound that you're hearing. So that's the first thing that you need to do. What kind of music do you listen to and what are you attempting to achieve? Once you figure that out, you've got to figure out a budget. This is something that a lot of people get tripped up on, especially if you're going to do it yourself and not go to a shop and have them do it. Because if you go to a shop, they're going to be able to give you a complete breakdown of, you know, here's what labor is going to cost and here's what this and that. And, you know, piece by piece, they're going to be able to break down and tell you what everything's going to cost and just give you a total amount. If you're building it yourself, what I've always found, whether you're building race cars or whether you're building car audio, figure out what you think it's going to cost and multiply that by like three and you might be close um, because there's always going to be stuff that comes up. So now you've figured out what kind of music you listen to. You've figured out whether you want big, loud, boom, boom, or whether you want loud boom boom with some sound quality or if you're just looking for sound quality you don't need 418s and 50,000 watts to get sound quality that is going to be your boom boom so now what's going to happen is you're going to go hmm i want a sound quality system right and you're going to find all of these groups on Facebook or Reddit or whatever it may be. And you're going to go, what should I look at? You're going to get a hundred different answers from a hundred different people. None of which know how you like to listen to your music, what you really like to listen to, what kind of driving style you have, anything like that. So then the problem becomes... Do you want to compete with it or do you just want to enjoy it for yourself? There are organizations like IASCA and Mecca that will give you a very, very descriptive way of doing a sound quality system. And you can download, uh, you have to purchase, but um, a CD or a jump drive, whatever it may be. And they have tracks that they use to judge your sound quality. Here's the thing. That's all fine and dandy. The problem with that is, are you actually going to enjoy that if you're taking a five-hour road trip? It, it's, it's hard to say because it's so up to the individual listener on how they enjoy their music. You know, it, it, you could have 20,000 people go to a concert. And it doesn't mean 20,000 people are going to think that the concert sounded great. It just is what it is. So, you've got it all planned out. Set a budget. Figured out what you wanted to do. Next thing you need to do, you really need to figure out whether you feel that you have the ability to do an install yourself. 
and whether you want to tackle that or whether you're going to pay a shop to do this. And when I pay a, when I say pay a shop, don't go over to your buddy Billy Bob that works out of his garage. Don't get me wrong. There's a ton of great at-home installers. But if Billy Bob seems confused on what you want to do, don't have Billy Bob do it. If you go to a shop, you can expect that the shop, whether you want loud or clear or whatever you want, the shop is going to tell you that the best things you can buy are the things that they sell, usually. Usually. So that's where doing your research, your own independent research, comes into play regarding the things that you need for your audio setup. Because if you go to a shop that sells JL Audio and Kenwood and a couple other things, they're going to sell you a Kenwood CD head unit or a Kenwood, you know, um, uh, multimedia head unit. They're going to sell you JL Audio amps, JL Audio fronts, JL Audio subs, JL Audio wiring, so on and so forth. I am a fan of JL. It's actually not much of it's going in my new build, but I've always been a fan of JL. Um, but it, I'm just using that as an example. Um, I have a friend, a close friend of mine, who the shop that he went to recently deals a lot with like Kicker and Rockford Fosgate and things like that. Again, they're going to tell you, this is what you should buy because this is what we sell. And if we sell it, it must be good. A lot of people get this notion that, oh, I walked into a shop and well, they sold all the, they sell all this gear. So it must be the best stuff to buy. Not necessarily. Maybe great gear. That doesn't mean it's the greatest for what you want to do and what you want to accomplish. So stop thinking that somebody is trying to sell you something with your best interest in mind, because that's not always true. Sometimes they're just trying to sell you something. Um, I have had long-term working relationships with multiple shops over the last 25 years. And I only deal with shops who understand that their, their opinion and their expertise matters, but it's not going to be the final say in what I buy because I'm going to do my own research. And they don't have a problem with that. Uh, my local shop to me, I absolutely love the guys over there. They've been super helpful and I've bought a lot of stuff from them. Um, but I'll tell you, and this is something that you're going to run into. And this is why you need to plan. You're going to change your mind. You may even change your mind after you've got the whole thing done. You could spend all this money and all this time, build this whole system and go, I should have done it this, I should have done that, I should have bought this, should have bought that. Spend the time planning. A car audio system should not be an impulse buy. You should not go, oh, I've got $2,500, I'm just going to go out and buy a car audio system. You should be planning that out. It is a large investment, and I don't care if you're spending $500 or $5,000, it's still a large investment. It's something that you are going to enjoy usually on a daily basis. So don't you want to make sure 
that whatever you're spending your money on is the right thing for you. Not just because somebody tried to sell you on something, but the right thing for you. Um, I know right now I'm in the process of working on an audio system for my 2000 and 2002, 2001. I don't even remember. Yukon Denali. I think it's an O2. It's a Yukon Denali. I've already changed my mind about 16 ways to Sunday on what I'm going to do with this thing. Um, and again, I've, I've built and worked on race cars. I've built car audio systems. Um, but I changed my mind. My style of music doesn't change. The way that I listen to things doesn't change. What I want from an end result may change. And what I mean by that is there are days where I sit here and I'm like, you know, do I just want something that's really, really loud? Probably not. Here's something else to think about. While I'm talking about the changing your mind six ways to Sunday or whatever it may be, make sure whatever vehicle that you are working with as part of your plan, that you figure out the best way to power this entire system. I see entirely too many guys, they'll go out and buy these uh, newer Korean board amps um, that pull a tremendous amount of amperage to reach the numbers that are advertised, whether it's, you know, a 5,000 watt amplifier and it's pulling, you know, 350 amps of current. Can your electrical system handle that? No, probably not. Um, how many batteries are you willing to put in the vehicle? How many alternators? Can you get a custom alternator for your vehicle? All needs to be part of the plan. Your plan needs to start out with not only the things that we touched on before about what kind of vehicle it is, uh, what kind of music you listen to, what your budget is, things like that. But it also needs to include from beginning to end, how am I going to power this? Batteries, cabling, alternators, all of that is going to play a factor in how well this system turns out for you. I know for me, I'm lucky because this Yukon has a spot for two batteries under the hood. And one of my friends is an excess power dealer. They are the only batteries that I will use for any of my car audio builds. They do not pay me anything. I'm not sponsored by them. I just like their product. And they're kind of local to me. They're only about an hour and 45 minutes away from the house. I'm doing two D3400 excess um, batteries under the hood with a 400 amp MacMan alternator. Again, MacMan is in Knoxville. I'm in Tennessee. He's only a couple hours from me. So it just, I like the proximity. Um, there are plenty of other alternator and battery companies out there. Again, do your research and whatever works best for you. Um, neither of those companies uh, sponsor me, give me any product, nothing like that. So I'm just telling you my personal preference. You're going to have to figure all that out. Then you're going to have to figure out your wiring, how much wiring you need, how big a wiring you need. 
one of the one of the best things that you can do for yourself, and I know we're jumping all over the place here, but you'll get the general idea. One of the best things that you can do for yourself, especially if you're new to this, is go to a website like Crutchfield, crutchfield.com. They have put in the work to tell you what speakers will and won't fit in your car. Again, I have no affiliation with Crutchfield, but have used them for, God, I don't even know how long now. Um, they have put in the work. You can put in your car, put in the options of your car, depending on what it asks you. And it will tell you what your front speakers are, what your dash speakers are, your backdoor speakers. If you've got a, if you've got a system with an existing subwoofer, all of that, it will go over your options. So that is probably one of the biggest keys to researching things, especially if you want to keep the vehicle as stock appearing as possible without going, you know, completely overboard and doing custom built kick panels or custom built door pods, um, custom built pillar pods, whatever it may be. If you want to avoid all that, you can just go onto Crutchfield and it will tell you, do you have six and a halfs in the door? Do you have five and a quarters in the door? Um, what do you have? And here are some suggestions for replacements. Now, again, it comes down to, that doesn't mean you have to buy from Crutchfield. What I'm telling you is that Crutchfield is a great resource for you to do your research and try to figure out what you want. And they do sell some high quality, high end type of audio and you can read reviews on it. I do a lot of research. I do a lot of reviews. I'm specifically looking for certain things in reviews as far as what kind of music they listen to and how they listen to it. But I also know from my previous time in car audio, what I do and don't like. I don't like sloppy. Sloppy bothers me. Um, another thing to plan for is if you're going to be adding multiple subwoofers, how much room do you have and how much room are you willing to give up? If you're driving a four-door sedan and you've got two kids and you've got to take strollers and everything else, you're not going to have a lot of room for a subwoofer box or an amp rack or anything like that in your vehicle. So again, here's where the research into what I have, what I can do, and where I should go from there really comes into play. And there are some companies, um, I know JL Audio and some others that make specific stealth type boxes that replace panels or go into panels, whatever it may be. So sometimes that becomes an option too. It's not really like the 90s or even the late 80s where we saw like the bazooka base tubes and stuff like that anymore. Um, that's not really, I haven't seen a, a bazooka tube in probably 20 years. Um, they they served a purpose back in the day, I'll tell you that. Um, and they weren't too terrible either. Uh, SAS Bazooka was uh, actually a really good company at the time. Don't cheap out on your head unit and don't cheap out on your front speakers. A lot of subwoofers out there can make bass. 
and you can look at all the statistics in the world and how they measure their sensitivity and what kind of box they need. But don't cheap out on the on on the front speakers. The front speakers is what is going to fill your face right in front of your face where you're going to hear your vocals and you're going to hear your mids. Don't don't go out and spend you know a hundred dollars and think that you're getting great front speakers because you're not. I don't care what anybody says about anything. You spend a hundred bucks, you're not getting great front speakers. I was lucky, and I'll tell you, um, I'm not going to go into everything that we're doing with this Yukon right now, but I want to give you a little bit of an idea because again, I've changed my mind six ways to Sunday and I'll be doing a whole nother video on the, uh, the Yukon setup. But just to give you an idea, I was lucky enough to go and talk to one of my best friends. He was actually the best man in my wedding 20 years ago um, to my uh, now ex-wife. But I went over to his place last year sometime. And I said, uh, what car audio stuff do you still have left? Because we both were really big into car audio in the 90s and even in the early 2000s. And he says, I still have a set of Eclipse three-way ribbon speakers. Now, for those of you that don't know, Eclipse was huge in the 90s. High-end huge. Um, their head units, their amplifiers, their speakers, their subwoofers, great sounding high-end stuff. And I said... Are in and I knew what set of speakers he was talking about. It was actually um, a guy that worked at the car audio shop that we both used to spend a lot of money at. Had this set of speakers in his old Caprice Classic, uh, the big boxy style Caprice Classic, and these are a six and a half inch door speaker, um, a, a ribbon speaker, like you know. It's it's kind of like a rectangular ribbon and then uh, a dome tweeter. They're the if you're ever looking f if you're ever looking to find these on the internet, they're damn near impossible to find. They're uh, Eclipse 8701 line source speakers. Um, I picked them up for like nothing. And I've already installed them. I haven't installed any amps or anything yet, but I installed these speakers. Installed the tweeters in the stock tweeter location. Um, these these speakers, I believe, ran about $1,100 brand new 20 years ago. So 20 years ago, $1,100 was a lot of money. And 20, 25 years ago, we were paying a dollar a watt for amplifiers. So if you hear some of the old school audio heads go, wow, everything is so cheap nowadays because... A 500-watt amp, we were paying $500 for, if not more. You were paying a dollar a watt back in the day. Now you can buy, you know, a 3,200-watt amplifier for 300 bucks. I mean, you know, pennies on the dollar, essentially. But don't cheap out on the fronts because you want, you want, even if you're just going for loud, you still want to be able to hear some nice, clear vocals, kick drums, things like that. Subwoofers is something that a lot of people get hung up on. What they don't take into consideration is 
what size box they're going to need to run these subwoofers. Um, so my personal opinion is I like, I've, I've used JL audio. I've used Orion. Um, I hit a sound stream 15 back in the day. Um, I've used multiple different companies for subwoofers. And for the longest time, my plan was to go with two 10W6 for 10W6 JL audio subwoofers for this new build. Finally scrapped that idea because well, one, I was determined to set a specific budget and I wanted things a certain way. And those didn't fit into the budget. I am currently looking at going with two image dynamic 12 inch IDQ speakers in a sealed audio file box. I do prefer sealed boxes over ported bandpass, whatever it may be. I just like sealed boxes. I listen to a lot of rock and roll. I listen to a lot of blues. I listen to a lot of nine or eighties and nineties rap music, hair metal. I am pretty much all over the place. So I like the sealed box for, um, being able to have that diversity, uh, when it comes to the music that I listen to, but I see some of these, some of these guys, some of these guys and gals, they'll, they'll go out and buy, you know, a, a sundown, a sundown 15 or a, uh, death bounce or, you know, all of these other, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 pound speakers. And they want to do one twelve, and they want to put it in the back of their sedan. And then all of a sudden they realize, well, shit, this whole the box alone. And of course they want to do a ported box because that's what those specific speakers are designed for. They want to do that box and then realize I can't even, I, I can't even fit, you know, uh, an umbrella in my trunk after I have this box built. It's a give and take. So again, you need to plan for this. And it seems like a lot and it seems like I'm all over the place, but it all correlates together with each other. You're going to plan for a head unit. Usually, unless you have a much newer vehicle and you're going to run a factory head unit and integrate it. You're going to look for a head unit. Do you still play CDs? I do because I love the sound quality of CDs. They're so much superior than um, the music that you download off of iTunes or Spotify or, or whatever it may be. Um, CD quality sound uh, is far superior. So I like CD decks. Uh, I'm actually going to be uh, ripping all of my CDs also onto uh, jump drives uh, because a lot of CD decks also have uh, the ability to read a flash drive. And I will do it in like FLAC or um, Apple Lossless, something like that, so that it still sounds great. So you're going to start with a head unit. You're going to look at front speakers. Typically, most people are going to look at two-way component fronts with a crossover setup. Then you're going to look, if you're running a four-door, you may put some speakers in the back doors. I am not one for putting components in back doors. 
I understand why it's done, but my staging is for front staging for me and my front passenger. Now, people in the back seat are still going to be able to hear this perfectly fine, but I'm not going to spend a fortune on speakers for the back that are then pointed towards the back seat for some kind of staging for the people in the back seat, because very rarely do I have people riding in the back seat. So I'm running like a set of six and a half inch coaxials from JL Audio in the rear doors of the Yukon. And then we're going to move to the back. We're going to talk about uh, subs. You're going to, you know, maybe one eight, one ten. Uh, it, it really all depends on what you want to do. Look into it and figure out where you want to go. Obviously, if you listen to a lot of EDM and rap music, um, things like that, like a single eight inch sub, it, it's not going to do much for you. Um, a 10 inch sub is always a good all around. I like 12s. I'm a big fan of 10s and 12s. Um, I have not heard a lot of 15s that have struck my fancy as far as sound quality on 15s or 18s or I saw something recently on one of the YouTube channels where they're putting a set of 24s in the back of a Yukon. And I'm like, Jesus, I, I it's going to be loud. I bet. Um, I just can't imagine what the sound quality on a set of 24s is. So you've got your subs. You're going to have to power all of these speakers. Now, here's where your research comes in. And your research into how much your vehicle can handle power-wise, like your alternator, your battery, things like that. So, are you going to go with 2 amps, 3 amps, 1 amp? Are you just going to go with a five channel amp, which will power your fronts, your rears, and your sub, or a four channel amp to power your fronts and rears, and then a mono block for your sub? Um, all of that is stuff that you're going to have to figure out whether you've got the room for multiple amps, uh, whether it's in your budget. Um, there are some great five channel amps out there. Uh, I know down for sound has got a really cool JP five channel amp. JL audio has got some higher end sound quality five channel amps. Uh, my buddy that I was just talking about that's having his system done is going with a 900 slash five on his because he only wanted, he's got a four door Dodge Ram and just wanted a single amp. So he's just going to run a single amp for the entire system. Nice five channel amp. I had thought about that at one point. Um, I actually then turned around, and I know you can't see this if you're listening to the podcast. Damn, these things are heavy. I bought a couple of old-school Phoenix Gold amps, and here's where changing your mind comes in. I bought a Phoenix Gold XS2500 and XS4300. They don't have the current pull that newer amps do. They make great clean power. I haven't taken the, the backs off to see if they need to be recapped or not. But I thought to myself, they're great amps, but I've got three projects coming up. I've got the Yukon, I've got my Subaru, and I've got the 04 Mustang. 
the old four Mustang, easy to get a bigger alternator for the Yukon. I could run five alternators in there. If I want power is never going to be an issue in the Yukon. The Subaru, on the other hand, mm, that could be an issue. So what I decided is I'm going to take these Phoenix gold amps and I'm going to use those in the Subaru because it is a four door Subaru. So I will use, you know, both amps in the setup and it'll be a nice little system that doesn't draw nearly as much current as the newer amps do. So that's where your planning comes in um, to make sure that you are getting or that your vehicle can handle what you want to do. Um, if you don't plan that out, you may be very disappointed in the future. So I've decided that I'm going to go with a two amp setup. I'm really looking at the, uh, and people are going to be like, I thought you were a sound quality guy. I am. I am. Uh, but I do believe that there is some stuff on the market that has the ability to do what I want it to do. I'm a sound quality guy, but I'm a daily driver sound quality type of guy. I don't buy into the bullshit notion that I need some CD with perfect sound stage to make something sound good. Never bought it that didn't buy into it 25 years ago don't buy into it now do i think that perfect staging makes a difference yes do i think that i am going to do everything in my power to um, have this perfectly staged for somebody else to judge me on based on their experiences no and that's just not uh, i want it to sound good to me I am going to be driving this vehicle 20, 30, 40,000 miles a year. I want it to sound good to me. I don't give a shit who else thinks it sounds good. As long as it sounds good to me and I enjoy driving it and, and I enjoy listening to it, that's what matters. And that's what you need to focus on is you need to figure out, do you want to do competition? Is your sole purpose to build this for competition or is it to sit back and cruise five hours to your favorite car show with a bunch of your buddies and just jam out because you love the way that your stuff sounds? It's easy to get caught up into this. Oh, I've got to do it this way because, you know, this is what I read on the internet or this is what some organization tells me I have to do. It's real easy to get caught up in that. I don't highly recommend it. I, I think it's it's great that people go out there and compete and I've always loved it. Uh, but it's not for me as far as this build goes now down the road. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I decide that I'll do a high end SQ system. If I do a high end SQ system, it'll cost me $20,000 and I know exactly what I want to do because I've already planned one out before. So these things don't surprise me, but don't be surprised on how many times you change your mind. And it's okay to change your mind, especially before you get into it. Listen, I've already had the front speakers, the door, the rear door speakers, the head unit. I've already had all that installed for months. Um, but I'm also doing a lot of other stuff that you'll see in another video, which includes a custom center console, new carpeting, new, uh, new cover, new leather covers for the bottom of the seats, you know, a bunch of stuff. I've still got to uh, pick up my subs and build the box for that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
a lot can go into it. You can get a lot of prefab stuff from your shop, from your local car audio shop, and they can probably be done with your system in a day or two. For me, I design around the things that I like with a budget in mind. I don't put a time frame on this because the Yukon is not something that I have to have and drive right this minute. I've got the Subaru, so I've got another vehicle that I can drive in the meantime. If you don't have that option and your vehicle can't be down for a long time, then maybe a shop is the best bet for you. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but again, don't get sucked into, well, I've got to buy this just because that's what they sell. Just because they sell it doesn't mean it's best for you. So, with all of that said, I encourage everybody to get into car audio. It is such a fun thing to do. Like, I, I've been out of the scene for 20 plus years. Um, I do a lot of, you know, stuff with drag racing. Obviously, if you watched anything on this channel before or listened to the podcast before, you know that my primary job is to cover drag racing events. And I'm very heavily involved in drag racing. Well, here's something that you don't realize. A lot of people involved in drag racing really love car show stuff and really love car audio stuff. Um, so there is definitely a crossover there. If you got the pun there, kudos. Um, but yeah, with all of my traveling, I need space to throw all my gear in the back and be able to comfortably drive for 10 or 12 hours at a time and, you know, rock out to music. So I'm hoping that this build can get done by the end of this year. We'll see. Um, financially, it is what it is. I mean, everybody's going through shit right now. So go to, go to some car audio shows. Go to some car shows and look at the way that things are done. Talk to your local shop. Get Talk to the people who had work done at the local shop in your area. All of that stuff matters. Go sit and listen to people's car audio stuff. I And I'm not talking about the Jonathan Prices of the world who, you know, that thing is just ridiculous. I'm not talking about the blow your hair back um, as loud as possibly, you know, louder than a jet engine demo stuff. Go and sit in different cars with different setups and see what you like. Do you like the way a certain tweeter sounds? Um, listen, silk dome tweeters sound a lot different than other tweeters. Uh, different manufacturers sound very different. Morel will sound different than focal. Some people don't like the tinniness of a focal tweeter versus the very smooth roll off and smooth sound of a Morel. Um, so you need to figure out what you like, but before you can do that, sometimes you've got to go listen to other people's stuff and that's okay. Most car audio people, men and women are flattered. If you go, Hey, can I sit in your car and listen to this for a few minutes? Can you just kind of show me what you got and, and listen to it so I can get an idea. I'm, I'm, you know, wanting to build a system or whatever it may be and talk to them. 
listen, 99 out of 100 times, the owner of that car is going to be flattered and have no problem taking five minutes out of their day to give you kind of a demo on what things sound like, why they sound like that, um, you know, what all went into it. And honestly, most of us won't BS you about what it cost us to do it. Um, because the numbers are, I mean, the numbers are what the numbers are. Um, unless you're again, building an entire custom setup yourself. And then, you know, it's the numbers just go out the window because it's typically about two to three times what you had originally planned for. So, yeah, make the effort to sit in other people's cars. And this is something that I recommend to a lot of people. Go and sit in somebody else's car. Close your eyes for 30 seconds, maybe a minute. And just listen to the music. That way you're not distracted by anything. Just get in there and sit there and close your eyes and absorb what you're listening to to find out if it's for you. If it's, you know, is it too loud? Is it too quiet? Is it, you know, ask ask the person who owns it, you know, how, how does your electrical system keep up with this and, and things like that. I mean, there's a bunch of different... Uh, different things that you can do, but I do highly recommend listening to somebody else's setup before you make any decisions on your own. Ask questions. There is no stupid question. If somebody's going to make you feel stupid about it, that's a them problem, not a you problem. Um, there's, there are some groups and some people out there that want to, what we call gatekeep, like they think that all of this is some big freaking secret and uh, they don't want to help anybody. I see it all the time in my other industry too, in photography. Everybody wants to gatekeep everything. Um, like, like you can't just go on YouTube and watch six other videos about this. They're asking your opinion for a reason. They probably trust what you're going to tell them. So don't, don't be some... 50-year-old prick just trying to gatekeep because you don't want anybody else to know your secrets. Listen, there there really aren't that many secrets out there. I'll tell you that right now. There may be some tuning uh, type of things that, and I don't call them secrets, I call them preferences. So don't get caught up in the idea that uh, that you have some secrets that you shouldn't share. And again, Ask these people, ask them what the deal is. It's the only way you're going to learn, especially if you're just coming back into this or if you're completely new to this. I remember the first time I got a car, all I could think about is that I wanted a, I wanted a, uh, a big old stereo in it. And you know, that was, I got my driver's license in 1992 and all I could think about is, you know, a loud stereo and how much fun that was going to be. And it wasn't until 94 that that happened. Um, probably because I lost my license for a year and a half, uh, neither here nor there. But, uh, as soon as I could get a system, that's, 
and and my first system changed. I originally had like one giant box in the back of a Ford probe with a 15 inch subwoofer. And that eventually ended up changing to like four twelves and all always in a sealed box. Um, I did at one point have an Orion XTR bandpass. Uh, I think it was a single XTR 12 in a bandpass box in it though. That thing hit hard, but it just didn't sound all that great to me. Um, I definitely preferred the JL Audio 12s over. It didn't, I don't think the JL Audio 12s were as loud, but the uh, the Orion could hit hard and hit low. So I know there's not a ton of stuff on YouTube in regards to car audio. Um, there are some good channels out there, car audio, car audio fabrication, Steve Mead Designs, and some other ones that I follow personally. Um, that I enjoy, um, EXO, um, and, and there's some other channels, but, uh, and you'll find a lot of groups on Facebook. Listen, if you're looking to read about stuff, go to Facebook, you will find a group on damn near everything that's ever been made in car audio. It's, uh, it can become, you can go down a rabbit hole real quick. So with that in mind, I wish all of you the best of luck in planning your next car audio system, or if you're just getting into car audio, plan, plan, plan. It's really going to help you, and it's going to save you money in the long run, and it's going to save you headaches in the long run. If you've got any questions, drop them in the comments below, or hit me up if you're listening to the audio version. Um, you can always reach me through the website on e3extreme.com. Uh, but other than that, that's all I've got for you. Uh, coming up soon will be a video just kind of documenting the layout of the Yukon and what I'm going to do with that and some stuff. I'll go over all of that with you. I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, I know it sounds lame, but hit the subscribe button, hit the notifications, leave me a comment. Listen, even if you think what I said sucks, leave me a comment. I'm always, you know, I have no problem with, uh, with positive or negative feedback or, you know, opinions. It is what it is. Everyone's entitled to it. Uh, it's just like car audio. It's subjective. So until next time, I appreciate the time. See you later.